Hello, everybody. Turn this up in my headphones, Charles. Turning it up. Hello, 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 everybody, one and all. Welcome to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, and not just any fantasy today because today we are taking on yet another uh, competition another call to action from our great friends over at fantology podcasts they have started another monthly competition and this time they have challenged us to submit three of our favorite mothers in fantasy to enter this bracket tournament where fans will vote on their favorite submissions and we'll see how it goes but in the meanwhile we're just uh thankful for the content idea i guess what i should say (laughs) yeah we're always appreciative when fantology runs one of these polls over at fantology underscore books on mm-hmm. Twitter, if you want to follow this event, then that is the best place to go about doing that. And yeah, we did one for favorite magic systems, and that was a blast to talk about. I feel like I learned a lot about our tastes for magic systems more than right. I knew going in. Yeah. And the, yeah, and that was a fun competition too. And then we had. They did favorite sidekicks, and we'd already done an episode on that, so <laughs> we didn't get the opportunity to yeah. record a whole new sidekicks episode, but this time they have some something that we haven't done yeah. yet on FTF, which is favorite mothers to honor the month in which Mother's yeah. Day falls, May, over here. That's right. And Steven, if you are listening, it would be helpful if you just looked at our back catalog for next month and <laughs> make sure we haven't done... I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, we we are super um, appreciative to uh, be working with Phantology and that they invited us to submit entries. And, you know, I was just listening to their episode that just came out where they were talking about their submissions for their favorite mothers in fantasy and it was really awesome and they actually gave us a shout out which was really touching and and they started this new segment where they feature a specific creator and they chose us for their first one which you know we're very honored for that you know we love phantology they'll always have a soft place in our hearts because they were our first collaborators they were the first ones that like were like hey you want to like record together and we'll always be super appreciative for that and we've got some exciting stuff cooking up with them in the very near future for all you abercrombie fans out there so it's gonna be very exciting is that a tease (laughs) that's a tease (laughs) for me too huh (laughs) 
<laughs> we we talked I, about it. It's just been a while, but yeah, yeah. around the age of uh, the wisdom of crowds release, we want to do some kind of fun stuff. Yeah, yes, yes, building yes. up to that. So, uh, yeah, no, we we love the guys over at Phytology, and and we appreciate the shout out. And right back at you, Phantology underscore books. Go check them out if you like what you're hearing here. You're gonna love what you're gonna hear over there. So, well said, Charles. Yes, and their love over to the crew over at Phantology. All right. And uh, one way in which we show our love is by chatting about our favorite mothers that we submitted to Phantology's competition on Twitter. We're going to keep this super high level and hopefully accessible. So there are not going to be any real spoilers in this conversation. Mm -hmm. We're just going to chat real broad perspective what do we love about these three fantastic portrayals of mothers in fantasy fiction that's right you won't keeping it spoiler free so let's get right into it with our first pick you know it wouldn't be we wouldn't be talking about characters on the friends talking fantasy podcast if we weren't talking about game of thrones yeah so the first one was the first character that came to mind for me as soon as I was hearing that this competition was going to be about best mothers and it's Catelyn Stark from A Song of Ice and Fire or Game of Thrones by George R.R. Martin. And Charles, this this is just an iconic mother (laughs) in fantasy, right? It doesn't get more iconic than the mother of the Stark family the stark the matriarch. matriarch yes exactly the matri stark yeah. Ooh, the matri stark there's a part of yeah yeah i could have there's a part of me that wants to ask you to edit that out charles but no i that's I gotta stay in. real that's, on here it's staying in i don't do that i don't we just fly here so the, <laughs> so yes catlin stark is just an incredible mother in so many ways i think that She's the character of these three that is most dedicated. I don't know if that's that's probably not fair to say, but I guess the portrayal is most focused on the aspect of being a mother beyond any mm-hmm. other aspect of their life, of the three characters that we right. chose, if that makes sense. Like, Catelyn's role in A Song of Ice and Fire is very defined by the fact that she is the matriarch of the Stark family, and she has a ton of kids to look out for. Her her previous family, or I don't know if that's a way to phrase it, the family of her origin, the Tollies, have a, a um, their words, as they like to say, or like a saying for that family is family, duty, honor. And... Mm. Catelyn really lives up to the fact that family is first in those Tully words. She is absolutely fierce in her role as a mother. And she draws, I think, from some of that stark wolfishness and how much she's protective of her uh, children. Right. And I something that I really appreciate about Catelyn, so... Her relationship with with Rob, the oldest son, Mm. is extremely central, extremely loving, and she's always looking out for him. He's still a teenager, I believe, in the books. 
if I'm correct there, Charles. At yeah, the they're all pretty and, young at the start. Yeah. So, and I think that's part of why Catelyn's role in the story is so much about being a mother because she has still children. Some of these, right? Uh, yeah, at least one of these other characters, uh, the one we'll no, the one we'll get to last, I think, uh, her her children are adults, so it's kind of more defining out her role outside of motherhood. But Catelyn is still in the thick of things with all of these kids, and she's so protective right. and. Uh, gr- great and loyal and awesome at balancing her roles with Rob. But something that's interesting and something I like is her complexity in her relationship with John, John Snow, yes. who's uh, yeah, the bastard in the family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you take it from here. Then Charles talks some about Cat. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into spoilers, but right at the beginning yeah, but, of this story, yeah. the family dynamic is, is, is very at the beginning of this where all of the children not all of the children are are Caitlin's and one of them is Jon Snow. Jon Snow is like the bastard son of Ned Stark and you know she's creating a home for Jon. She accepts Jon as a member of the family, but there's always this piece of their relationship that that Kate, that Caitlin kind of uh, resents. So there is yeah. this balance between she's doing her best to raise this child and welcoming this child into her home, but it's also just a constant reminder of of Ned Stark's only betrayal, right? It basically is how she sees it and um the fact that she the fact that he looks kind of different than the other kids always kind of got at her as well. So um it, it, it's interesting to see that relationship play out, and it's a complicated uh, mix of family. Another thing that I really enjoy about uh, is it Caitlin or Catelyn? I'm gonna I keep interchanging Catelyn. the two. Catelyn, thank you. It's Catelyn. So, so one of the things that I when I think of in terms of motherhood about Catelyn's character is some yeah. a lot of times in mother there's like this in in literature there's this wisdom that comes with like a mother character and Catelyn definitely seems to embody that she definitely seems to have a lot of guidance and advice and although she's not like the the you know, you know Ned Stark, her husband, is like the Lord of the uh, of um of right. the, of Winterhold, but she's very Winterfell. Winterfell, oh my goodness, it's it's been a while since <laughs> I cracked open Uh-oh. these books. <laughs> uh, Winterfell, thank you. I've actually been there. Okay, I went to Northern Ireland and I've seen it, so I've been there. Wouldn't you think I'd remember it? Um, so Winterfell, <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's she's very much like lending her advice and her wisdom and you listen to it and you're like that's very reasonable like that's you know you're like she's she's bringing a lot of great right. counsel in the best role that she can in this society where you know uh, it's very patriarchal so she well not necessarily but um at least in winterfell i would say it is a patriarchal society there yeah they're, they're, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so there's a lot of strong female characters but it is still a patriarchal yes. society that's kind of where i'm getting at so in, in her I role think that's like, accurate she, yeah and she you know there is this duty like we said and there's this family and she really embodies both and the way that that parallels with ned stark and the kids is is what makes her story really compelling Right. I think it'd be so easy, and we've seen a lot of the the mother characters in fantasy that just embody 
only, I guess, these kind of stereotypical nurturing mother characteristics mm-hmm. that uh, honestly, like, doesn't make them feel like full people. And right. if that's their, if that's the only thing that they do, it's like they have no actual depth or well-roundedness to them and and Catelyn has so many sides to her of course she has that nurturing side to her and she shows that very frequently in the series but she also has this ferocity she has this thing lingering with John where she isn't able to give the same level of that to him as the Mm -hmm. bastard in the family Mm -hmm. that she is giving to her children who are biological and it just feels like the kind of things that a you know a real person might struggle with and that's one of the most amazing things about the characters in game of thrones and song of ice and fire is that they all feel so real and complex and i think even among that incredible cast of characters catelyn has always stuck out to me right there's so many like literary pitfalls that catelyn could have easily fallen into like imagine if say an author like robert jordan were to write catelyn and she'd be like crossing her arms being (laughs) like how rump ned how could you go up and do that without counseling me you know you wool-headed man and then she'd be like oh you've got some dirt behind your ears let me make you a pie and then you'll do whatever i say you know but it's not like that she's she knows how like how to you know co she's very strong and independent and she's her own personality and she doesn't fall on these motherhood tropes at all she just happens to be a very committed mother while also recognizing the danger of like high stakes politics right the game of thrones yeah so and she's she's balancing both of those things and she's got a lot of you know she's got a lot of children her 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 husband is in a very high position of power, so she is always um, working to keep the family going with you know warts and all. And it's really fascinating to read these characters that that George crafts and and, and Catelyn is unique in that because she does she does balance the line of duty and family so well, and that's just why I think she's a great submission for this contest. Well said, Charles. I feel good right. about our Catelyn discussion. Yeah, she's great stuff. I think she's a character that lots of folks know about from reading those books or watching that show. And there's so much more I, I'd love to get into about Catelyn if if we could do spoilers and stuff. But let's keep it rolling and right. chat about That's our well next said, mother yeah. who's one that, yeah. Our next mother is one that you've been... Uh, one of my favorite characters as well, but one that you've really been championing and bringing into things whenever we get the chance. And yeah, I'll let you, you go. Yeah. Well, thank you because this is not the first time we've spotlighted this character. And like our second or third episode of all time, almost a year ago, (laughs) we did our first ever like favorite fantasy characters, just hard stop. And this character made it on the list. And now that we are revisiting this idea of like not just favorite character of all time, we're talking about favorite mothers. And this character is 
is from a graphic novel series, so it's unusual in that sense. And this is a graphic novel series that we've been championing for a long time, but have have yet to read on the show. Yes. I think we're just waiting for we're just waiting for that next volume to come out. And it's of course Saga, and of course we're talking about the matriarch of Saga and the, one of the main characters in that whole series, which is Alana. And Alana, to mm-hmm. me, is when you're talking about the idea of motherhood is so fascinating because she's not your typical mother. She's almost like a 180 from, from, from Catelyn. I mean, yes, she loves her child unconditionally and everything she does is bound by protecting her family. That's what this whole story is about. A family just trying to exist in a war, a a war torn galaxy that doesn't want them to exist. And their whole goal in life is to just live a normal life and they're just not normal people. And watching that portrayal of motherhood is so fascinating because she's almost like a, she's got these like punk rocker vibes. And, you know, she didn't set out to have a family. It, it, it just kind of happened. And then she really grew into the role. And watching her go from this like individual, almost like burnout character to a very strong uh, matriarchal character is amazing and it's one of the best like works of fiction i've ever read and one of the best characterizations in graphic novels ever it's just so fresh and funny and like gut-wrenching and at the same time and the way that these characters develop over time brian k vaughn the author is not afraid to like fundamentally change the settings and the plots and the looks of these characters like yeah. a lot of other graphic novels would be hesitant to do and and watching the characters go through that much growth and development it is just really exciting and i'm looking forward to reading more alana as i know there's murmurings that they're working on it again there's no date announcements or anything like <laughs> that but it, it seems like they're getting ready to to start the process again and i'm just super thrilled i mean alana as a mom is, i think is was my obvious first choice for this contest yeah, I totally agree with all that, Charles. She is just such a phenomenal depiction. I like what you said about how she's a 180 from Catelyn in a lot of ways, although they both bring that ferocity and how they try <clears throat> to protect their family. Catelyn comes from, like you said, this patriarchal society where she was basically brought up to be a mother beyond anything else, right? And mm-hmm. In the world of Game of Thrones in Westeros, that's what happens for someone in Catelyn's position. And it's her number one identity, I would say. And yeah. for Alana, it might be her number one identity, but I don't know. It's She has so many other things going on for her that she's she's trying to balance and trying to live her own life and get her own needs met and trying to rise to an occasion that she was not trained or prepared for in any sense of that word (laughs) it kind of just and and to you know from a spoiler perspective the first page of saga as a comic is her giving birth so (laughs) I, i wouldn't just in case folks are worried about Alana becoming a mother, being some sort of spoiler, it is no. something that's thrust upon her in a kind of uh, in a way where I think 
like a lot of folks in our current society, they're not trained or prepared to be parents. It just, even if they want to be, it just kind of ends up happening. And then they try to figure it out along the way. And Alana, it, you, you say they're, they're not normal people in terms of the place in the world her and Marco hold. But in a lot of ways, they're also ridiculously normal people, as we, we and you, Charles, yeah. have talked about before. Just unbelievably relatable uh besides the wings uh besides yeah, Alana's the wings, wings and the horns and yeah marco's horns yeah uh, <laughs> they're both extremely relatable in the ways that we watch alana just deal with things like trying to get a job trying to manage yeah. the yeah right like trying to manage meet the in-laws and relate, yeah meet the i was trying to think yeah meet the in-laws yeah. manage her relationship with with Marco and try to make all of this work in a galaxy that they are way out of their element in trying yes. to deal with where they suddenly end up in because, you know, another thing that's there from the beginning is this piece of uh, when those two have a children as, as ha- have a child uh, <laughs> as dark crossed lovers, uh, they end up, in the center of this galactic war where two people from those separate species are not supposed to be having a kid. So Alana's trying to manage this situation that she's completely just not prepared for in not just motherhood, but their place in the universe. And she does it all in such an interesting and weirdly relatable way for a space opera. No, it's so true. And I'm what makes me so happy about our submissions is the space, I feel like we cover a great spectrum of motherhood between Catelyn and Alana because it's it's not really a 180 because they do they do both have this strong relationship with their children, but their personalities are just totally uh, different from each other. They couldn't be any more different. Alana was always kind of like a, a I think they describe her as almost like kind of like this burnout and you know kind of a troublemaker and things like that. that's how like her yeah. co-workers would describe her like oh she's kind of annoying um not really that good at her job i don't really think about her that much <laughs> like that's what everyone kind of says about her yet she you know is having these really honest amazing relationships with her with, with marco which I, I guess her husband and then her her, her child and and all the zany characters they meet along the way and it's 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 a fun journey watching them watching them grow and adjust to these roles and they like I said Brian Kavon it's a long series they go through a lot of different challenges and ups and downs and and growth and setbacks and all these kinds of things and it's such a meaningful story because at the end of it it's so relatable like you said Dylan between it's just a family getting through what a lot of a drama a lot of families experience, especially a lot of young families uh, you know, that are challenged yeah. just like with having their first kid and still trying to capture that romance they used to have or maybe like just trying to yeah. find a, just a place to live. And like we, we just want to be a happy family together, but there's so many outside forces getting in our way. It, it's such a relatable challenge that I, I just, I don't know, these characters pop off the page to me. And it's, and it's a side of motherhood that I think is is not to say missed in a lot of classic fantasy, but uh, it certainly stands yeah, out against a lot be. of classic fantasy moms. You know, this is a very progressive society in which yes. these books take place. So there's a lot of new, interesting relationship dynamics that's something modeled after like a feudal medieval society like Game of Thrones 
wouldn't have too often but it's interesting to compare the two and i'll I'll leave it at that without getting into spoiler territory but i highly recommend saga to anyone that hasn't read it and alana is one of the highlights of of that whole series yeah and not the only interesting mother character in that no not at all in that comic series so but i I won't talk too much more about that so (laughs) yes i I'm super pumped whenever we get the chance to talk about Alana. It's going to be big. She'll... It's going to be so much fun. Yes. And another character that I am really excited to talk about is Navani Colin from ah. the Stormlight Archive. So that's by an author you probably have heard of named Brandon, <laughs> number one New York Times bestselling author. Brandon Sanderson, <laughs> and an author that we always love talking about on FTF here. You know, one of our favorite Stormlight is a series that Charles, you haven't had the chance to read yet. So I have I'll not read Stormlight, <laughs> so I'm going to be a little um, light in this conversation. <laughs> I'll, yes. uh, I'll react where uh, I can, but I don't know who this character is at all. So I'm here for the ride. <laughs> Yes, and I will be pitching Stormlight Archive. In, oh. yeah. in You're going to be pitching upcoming friends. Stormlight yeah. and Scott Lynch. I knew you would do that. I knew it. I asked you not to, but I don't blame you at all at the same time. Yeah, I've it's been pretty evil, uh, vocal. <laughs> evil strong. <laughs> but I think... You do realize I have a community online that wants me to read <laughs> that wants me to read <laughs> Lies of Locke Lamora. Meanwhile, Stormlight is like the hottest <laughs> fantasy series like being published right now. So it's like, uh, <laughs> uh okay, okay. Uh, anyway, not to derail this conversation. We're talking about Stormlight. I'm yes. dying to read Stormlight. It's probably the biggest gap in my reading, uh, my fantasy library. Lies of Locke Lamora. Yeah, I mean it's up for tension between the two honestly <laughs> um uh, so I- i'm excited to hear this is a character i haven't really heard a lot of murmurings about so i'm excited to to listen in yeah so navani is an interesting character in a lot of ways and, and part of what she has going for her that these other couple characters that we talked about do not is that both of her kids are are adults at the point of the story starting. And I feel like we don't get a ton of... I could be completely off here, but I, I I don't have a ton of like mother characters that come to my mind that are in this place of being an empty nester, basically. Yeah. And, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, and, interesting. But there's so many people, right? There's so many people mm-hmm. who are empty nesters as this whole stage of life and... I think more media depictions of that could be interesting because I I just think it's something that doesn't get depicted as frequently as might be helpful and just might be intriguing. So anyway, yeah. So both of her kids and and both her kids are kind of in a place of, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a spoiler to say that they're, they're like a family of royalty. Navani starts the story as, uh, you know, by the, I'm trying to think of talking about something that happens in a prologue is a spoiler, <laughs> but I, I just want to. I mean, I've heard the prologue's pretty long. 
there's a prelude and then a prologue, I think. So, yeah. But, okay, let me just, I won't talk about because it it's not entirely necessary. They're in a position of royalty to some degree this family and her kids are adults that have to figure out their own ways of managing their positions of power and navani is in this place of just trying to carve out her own life while still you know she's involved to whatever extent she thinks makes sense with her kids but they're living their lives and she's got to live her own and she has her own passions and her own interest she's like super interested in engineering uh but yeah the whole time you can tell that she still cares for her children and her family she just has to understand that it's different when you're and uh you're an adult and so are your kids and Navani, she's someone who's extremely capable at handling political situations. Uh, and she, although in the past, she was in a place where being more involved in that made more sense than uh, it does at the time of the start of the story. And she's a character that has all of these abilities to maneuver and all of that political subtlety that you'd expect from uh, someone who has a history of dealing with those machinations while at the same time she it's balanced by a, this uh, this interesting synthesis in Navani of being very logical but also being in touch with her feelings and her wants and her needs and the ways in which she wants to make her life into what uh, what it can be, even though she's, you know, she's already gone through this whole, I've been a mother, I've raised my kids to adulthood. Uh, she's not done. She's right. ready to take on all these new things that are going to bring her life meaning. And she takes a lot of action to try to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And in a, in a series with, I was kind of saying this about Catelyn and A Song Rise of Fire, but these are two series that we're talking about with giant cast of characters, A Song Rise of Fire and Stormlight Archive. Mm. And even in the Stormlight Archive, which so many characters, such a wide world, Navani sticks out as a particularly interesting character, a particularly multifaceted character, and a character that's just different from... W- in a different stage of life and therefore in the deft writerly hands of Brandon Sanderson, uh, a very intriguing portrayal of a, uh, yeah, of a person in a stage of life we don't see as, as often as I'd, I'd like to see depicted. Yeah. We've almost like covered the gambit. It seems like at the start of each of these stories, Alana is giving birth on page one. And then you have uh, Catelyn who has kids in their younger years. And then you have this Stormlight character who is an empty nester. We're like covering the whole spectrum. (laughs) Yeah. Look at us. I I didn't even think about, yeah. (laughs) I didn't think about that when we're, we always, this always happens, right? They're also where we, we talk through all of it and then we realize some sort of theme or something. That's kind of fun. Yeah, we got a nice variety of portrayals 
No, yeah. I, I'm very happy with our submissions. And even though I haven't read Stormlight Archive, the fact that there is a strong mother character in Storm, I'm like, yes, put that in. Because I know I can rely on Stormlight to be like a popular choice and a, and a favorited choice. So uh, Sanderson's name recognition to me alone is enough to give it an endorsement. And Dylan's endorsement, <laughs> of course, as well, is it was a big part of it. So I had no problems uh, bringing that one into the show. And... Yeah, I I think I, I what a lot of you know what I like that Sanderson is doing is he's bringing in a lot of new uh, takes on these fantasy tropes and it's this idea of like an empty nester mother character trying to like you do figure out what 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 she wants to do it sounds like or finding her you know still continuing to pursue her own identity it's interesting i love that and i think it's uh it's yet another reason uh, for me to pick up stormlight already <laughs> <laughs> as if you needed more of those jobs. i know i know i know yeah. <laughs> yeah no it's it's awesome and i mean it it's not a huge uh, i didn't have to push particularly hard to get a character charles hasn't read like he's saying on this list when it's coming from brandon sanderson <laughs> we know you have a lot of faith in sanderson's work and the word the phrase magnum opus gets tossed around a lot about stormlight archive i think that it's got the best characters of any in my opinion in my own Taste, I like. Yeah, oh, that one almost got away from me, Charles. Yes. (laughs) For my own taste, I think that Brandon Sanderson's characters in Stormlight Archive are his crowning achievement of character writing. Except maybe eh, I, I really loved Spencer in Skyward as well. Oh. But just for writing a ton of ridiculously great characters, right. I mean, we're not even scratching the surface, but Navani is is so awesome. And like you said, Sanderson taking a, a different approach and trying out. So, I mean, when you have this many characters, you're going to have characters all, at all sorts of stages of life, but it's right. led to an incredible character in Navani. And I'm excited. Oh, I haven't read Rhythm of War yet the fourth book so i'm mm. excited to see where things uh go for the whole series and okay world. but all in due time all in due time Charles. we'll right? get there exactly right all in due time indeed and yeah i i think we have some time for a few honorable mentions just really quickly Ooh. because you know there's so like we're gonna title this our favorite mothers in fantasy you know which is true like these are like the first ones that came to my mind i think they're a great balance i think they're a great representation of different kinds of stories about motherhood and different characters that you know have their own things going on and so i was happy with our submission but there's so many others and i'm just like looking at the the bracket right now and there's a lot of great choices here we're not the only ones that that put in alana which i'm happy to see i mean for me there were i I could have filled this all with game of thrones characters honestly like my mind went to so (laughs) many i was like which game of thrones character are we yeah are we gonna put in i I think for me cersei would have been my second choice to put on this list and i see dylan grimacing what would your second choice have been (laughs) for game of thrones mother Daenerys, Mother of Dragons. Ah, uh, well, yeah, that's an interesting one. 
Well, and we've actually talked about. Did our, anyone pick that in in the? Did uh, pick I think that? so. Let me see. I, yes, there is. A I have Daenerys an I have an mention. honorable mention. I, I want to talk about. Yes, yeah, let's tr- let's hear it. There's a couple of Daenerys actually. She's pretty. Cool. So, Essun, who's from the Broken Earth trilogy by N.K. Jemisin, is just a mm. freaking incredible incredible depiction of that's another series i yeah. would love and, to read broken earth yeah nk jemison you know she comes from that counseling background and she writes incredible characters and Esun is certainly one of them she's and right at the start she's going through this really traumatic period in her life and the way that she and it, it does it does involve her role as a mother. I won't say more than that, but this is like chapter one stuff, I think. Mm. Um, and she, just the way that Jemison writes a character struggling with some of the awful things that can happen to someone in the role of their of mother is so awesome. I legitimately, I. I saw people picking Essun after we already submitted our choices. Charles, oh, yeah. There was <laughs> a part kid? of me. I don't know who I would have. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know for sure who I would have nixed. But I was like, oh, Essun, such an <laughs> incredible character. But another one, Charles, you haven't read yet. So, you know, we can't get into too much depth. But just an incredible right. character. Please check out Broken Earth It's uh, or if you want. Um <laughs> It right. is an incredible series. It, uh, yeah. No, that's that's well said, and yeah, I would love to read Broken Earth trilogy. That was one you pitched and like way way back, like the very first FPF. I think you you yes. dropped that one out there, and that was a tough one not to pick. You know, that was like a a really tough call, but it's so uh, good. It, it keeps popping up in recommendation series in like in shelves in the bookstores you know it's always got a presence and it's always in the front of my mind i'm like that is one i'm gonna get to soon so i'm really yeah it doesn't surprise me at all that there's a that there's a character that would that would make the list and i would have been happy to have to put that in um so yeah that would have been a great choice uh, let's see. I mean, one that got mentioned a lot was Molly Weasley from Harry Potter. And that was one that I I threw yeah. out for contention. I do think she's a great character. And, you know, she's obviously being a mother is a huge part of her uh, character on that show. And there's like there's a there's some moments that happen with her without getting into spoilers where like it's like a like crowd cheering moment, you know? And so I think that's why she mm-hmm. is on this list for a lot of people. Um she another is. one that we almost put in, but then we were like it's too deep of a cut is is Vitari from the first law trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> because what's interesting about her is like it's just kind of like, oh yeah, and she has kids. Like it's kind of thrown in at the end. Like you're so caught up in her role in the first law. She's one of the practicals, right? So, or is it a practical? That's what they're called, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. she's she's like a almost like a warrior. Basically, she's got throwing knives. She's she's gone all these zany adventures, and then 
it, it, part of the plot is like, oh yeah, she has a family at home, and it was kind of like it's just casually like brought into the story, and you're like, oh, that's kind of an interesting yeah. take to bring into a motherhood discussion of a character who is a mother, but it's nothing to do with what their arc is in a story. You know, it, right. it's kind of an interesting take, and so that's why we would have, but we're like, eh, it might be too deep of a cut, <laughs> but we do yeah. like to. We do like to promote First Law whenever we can. So good for the honorable mention, I think. Yeah. And even though it happens later in the series, I don't perceive it as something that is a big reveal or it doesn't like... No, it's it, inconsequential. It, it helps you understand... Yeah. It, it helps you understand her better as a character, but it doesn't have these huge plot ramifications. Zero. It, it, yeah. Well, there's a little... A little bit, but yeah, but I won't get into. But it's not. I know what you're saying. Not not consequential. Not consequential. I think so. But but I mean that's part of the interesting thing. That's part of me trying to be like. I don't feel like it's a spoiler to say, but it's also me trying to say that it's it's it like you were saying, Charles, an interesting thing to have it just be like, yeah, like this person was doing their job and living their life, but. Are you so shocked that a, that this character also happens to have a family? And right, it's part right. of Abercrombie's incredible character writing. I think mm-hmm. that he chose to do that because it's like, I think one of the things that Abercrombie does is he eschews the storytelling conventions of like every single thing has to have a plot purpose. Right. And it's like, well, no, like char- characters engage in behaviors that dictate the plot and they engage in those behaviors because of things in their lives, but they might just have kids and that, you know, like they might be at work right now and they might just also have kids. And I think Vitari, you start to understand, Oh, she did that maybe because she has kids, but maybe just because of other reasons too. that I won't get into for as well. Right. 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 And that kind of, that that Abercrombie gave her kids without needing to is just really interesting, I think, and, and goes to show yeah, how that's well said. Writing characters, and that's why we were so tempted to put her in this list because it's almost like, yeah. hey, here's an interesting take on motherhood and fantasy, where it's almost like a inconsequential, interesting. Like, did you know she's also a mom? <laughs> so you know, it's like not part Angels? of her identity. Whereas people like Alana well, and is. Catelyn. It is a part of her identity, but just, yeah. that's not the part of the story that they're, that Abercrombie is telling. That's not the role she right, has right. Yeah, in the story he's telling. It's a big part of her life. But I think this yes. kind of, I don't know, I think we see that all the time with fathers, where it's like, oh yeah, and they happen to have kids, but that's not what this story is mm, about. Mm. And I think it's a fantastic job from Abercrombie to show like, yeah, that can happen with mothers too. Yeah. Like, it's just uh, like, yeah. So... Love Shiloh Vitari and obviously yeah. love Abercrombie's work. Yeah, I'm glad we got to bring First Law into the conversation and get Vitari a shout out, you know, which is not something we've done yeah. yet. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I think we've done it. I think we've uh, we've talked about a lot of moms and fantasy and there's so many more out there. And, and it's such an interesting theme and part of characterization in fantasy storytelling and i'm just uh it was just a really interesting conversation and again as we're wrapping up thank you to fantology for posing the question and 
putting us in this mindset. It was a lot of fun. It was a fun thought experiment. And I think these contests that they do are a really fun part of being in the community. So I appreciate all the work they do and yeah. moderating that and, and running it and putting <laughs> all those all that time. And it seems like so much work to to balance it all, but they do a fantastic job and and the community's better for it. So we're we're super yeah. thankful. Yeah. Um, Totally agree, Charles. Well said. Thank you, Phantology. We really appreciate all the work that you're doing over there. And yeah, grateful for you guys. Yeah. And and I'm grateful for you, Dylan, and talking mothers with you. And we've had so much fun out here. (laughs) And uh, a little bit forced that time, Charles, I felt. But I do think it comes from the heart of yours. I do think it comes from the heart. It's true. It comes from the heart. And I'm grateful for you too, Charles. Like, where else can we talk about Vitari and her role as a mother? You know, I have not had that conversation with another living soul. So I am appreciative of (laughs) that. That's fair. Uh, Neither am I. So. Yes, always an awesome time being on this wonderful adventure of Friends Talking Fantasy with you, Charles. Well said. Super grateful for you as well. And you know what else I'm grateful for, Charles? What, Dylan? That we have such sweet, sweet outro music to get pumping right about now. That we do. So (laughs) I think we should just get into it. I don't know how you're feeling, but I think we should just get it going. Okay, great. Here we go. Okay, everybody, thank you for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. If you like what you heard today, if you want to vote for us and help us advance in this Mother's Tournament, first you got to go to Phantology's Twitter profile, Phantology underscore books, right? That's their handle yes and then you can look for friends talking fantasy at the ftf podcast with a number one at the end throw us a vote throw us a follow shoot us your comments let us know what you think we love talking over there and we're on instagram as well at the ftf podcast now dylan if they they went on to phantology underscore books they voted for ftf podcast with the number one at the end on twitter and they <laughs> still vote for the other people if or you think vote, yeah, vote for, are better yeah vote for who you think is best but you know think about the fact that you know we're friends now you've listened to this whole episode uh when you go to vote, vote go with for, your heart go with your heart go with your yeah, heart yeah yeah there's no wrong answer for sure but um, it, 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 if they want to support the show even further, they just so happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts. What can they do? They can toss five stars to our podcast. Just find that Friends Talking Fantasy page on the Apple Podcast app. Click the Friends Talking Fantasy page. Charles is shaking his head at me now. Okay, click the Friends Talking Fantasy page. Yeah. And then you'll probably see some episodes. You want to scroll down past the episodes that you're seeing. Eventually, you'll start seeing stars. Uh, they'll probably be blank. And then you would ideally click five of them if you want to support the show Uh, if you had a little bit of extra time then you can write a review and that's extremely helpful for a podcast like ours but 
just listening is more than enough. We really appreciate you doing that. Thank you so much. Just listening, guys. That's all you had to do. And we're so appreciative for that. I mean, we're going to run out of outro music and I'm not going to know what to do. So thank you all so, so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends.